Monica, how's it going? Monica, can you hear me okay? Hey, I can hear you perfect. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. I can hear you loud and clear. Let's give some folks some more time to join. Amazing. Um, this is super exciting. I already see two incredible people that are in here. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Zio. Um, it's funny okay. because... Yeah, and that's Greg Gerber as well. It's funny because I really think Jenny and Zio would be uh, great friends in real life. Ooh, so it's funny. It's funny to see everybody in one uh, one window like this. I love it. I think I watched the episode like three or four times, Michael. It's amazing what an an easy watch it is, <laughs> and and I have to say too, like when we used to watch these sorts of shows when we were much, much younger, there were no streaming services. So no. we were used to watching them with commercials. So watching, you know, a full 24, 25 minutes in uh, one chunk without <laughs> having to deal with commercials is, is completely mind boggling. And it also makes you realize how much of that watching television to watch commercials experience was actually brought into the production process. Like so many, so many throws to commercials, so many recaps of what happened prior to the commercial. Oh, it's so true. I used to memorize the commercials. Like sometimes they would replay them back to back in a certain order and you would just memorize it. Oh man. Oh yeah. The <laughs> you're, you're so right on that. I completely forgot. And there was, it always felt like there was the same four commercials no matter what <laughs> what station no matter what station you were watching and so many from the cpg world i love it i love it oh my god i can't wait to get into this this is i feel this is a bit of a nostalgic conversation um and for you know the older folks there's some callbacks that i mean are perfectly 2004 um yeah. <laughs> and I, can't, I can't wait to go through it all <laughs> yeah starting with the quality itself starting oh. with the quality um and, you know i don't i don't want to say this too loudly but we did watch uh, an illegally streamed version on oh. uh, a site that i haven't seen in a long time uh called daily motion which i had completely oh. forgot about classic <laughs> yeah Definitely classic. So why don't we uh, why don't we get started? I feel like we'll be here for like 45 minutes, an hour. So those of you who have joined, uh, feel free to take a bathroom break uh, if needed and feel free to join, jump in and out. Um, feel Sorry, feel free to join and jump uh, back in and out. I've got like three pages of notes here. So we've got a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff to get through. I feel like we don't need to introduce ourselves because here we are amongst friends and family, which actually <laughs> makes this <laughs> makes this even more uh, more exciting. So it. Um, it, to kick things off, I mean, the early to mid two thousands were really the golden era of reality TV, uh, reality television. Uh, yes, we were watching things like The OC, which, looking back. I really thought was more of like a highbrow scripted drama at the time. <laughs> but uh, we also had the luxury of watching this entirely new area, era of television usher its, uh, its way in. And I'm talking like early reality TV. Like I want to see camera operators in the background. I want to yes. see boom mics and shot. I want real life conflict. Yes. Um, <laughs> reality TV today is just so polished and it's ushered in this entire new wave of influencers. And I'm saying that in air quotes. Oh, yeah. Um, but they know how to play the game. And I totally. want to go back to when people didn't even know they were part of a game. 
I know. I feel like when, I don't know if anybody on the call watched The Hills and I feel stupid because I, I fell for everything. And then when they don't revealed feel stupid. it, oh, I was just like, I just gave you guys so many years of my life. And now I feel like a big dummy. Do you know that in university, I actually wrote an essay about that iconic no. last five seconds of that finale episode where the camera pans out and you see that it's all fake. Oh, I believe you. Like, I, I want to read that right now because it really was traumatizing. I'm like, no, there were so many moments that I'm like, this has to be real. Like, this doesn't seem fake. And anyways, it made me feel like I had to have a hard look at sort of, you know, my life. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, when I was talking about like rea old reality TV with the boom mics, the camera operators, the number one thing I think of is this episode of Laguna Beach where oh. the cast is at a house party and there's an actual physical fight that breaks out for some reason. <laughs> And people are pushing camera operators out of the way. No. There's microphones flying everywhere. That feels um, like Jersey. It, it definitely, it definitely. Um, yeah. So Monica, other than the Hills, Laguna Beach, other reality TV favorites from this era? Oh my gosh. So I, I am, do not discriminate. I will watch absolutely anything. I think my earliest reality TV watching, and I don't know if anybody would have watched this. It was on the Disney channel. It, Michael, if you watched this, I'd be, I mean, so surprised. It was something called bug juice. And I know exactly what no, that is. No. And do you, I actually just read an article. So, uh, and I'll, I hope that you have more context on this. <laughs> there was a cast member on bug juice who like, apparently midway through filming or something was taken out of the camp. No. And to this day, no one knows the oh. reason why she was taken out of the camp. And I think it was like a vice article, maybe that they like located her and interviewed her and yeah. either, either she wouldn't talk about what happened or she legally couldn't talk about what happened. What? Um, but, um, but I'll throw it back to you. That was just no, my two no. cents on Bug Juice. I, first of all, the fact that you even know that show, you don't have no idea how much joy that brings me because it was something where, you know, I was a little bit older. I was probably 17. So I had no business watching, you know, tweens and, and teens at a camp, but I'd never seen anything like it before. I'm like, these guys are just living their life at camp. And I never went to camp because my parents didn't allow me to go to camp. So I felt like I was living through these children and I've never seen that sort of unscripted drama between these children. And I, I don't know, I loved it. And then it just, you know, I went to university and I, I never thought about it again. And I just, that was my original hook. I was like, now I need to watch all of it. And so from there, I don't even remember. I think I watched like Eighth and Ocean. Jersey was a pretty early one on uh, for me. And then I've called All the Housewives again, from the OC to Jersey to New York to Beverly Hills. Um, I love all those women. So I, I have watched it all. And if there's anything that I'm missing that you guys want to call out, please tell me I will watch it. I, I have a lot of time on my hands. So to just go back to one of the points you made earlier, I feel like we should schedule another space to talk about um, growing up with European parents and oh. not being allowed to go to camp in the summer and instead oh. going to either your cousin's house <laughs> Italian school or living at your nana's house for the oh, summer because that's uh, that was pretty much my uh, my experience. One hundred percent. I just was so like all my you know Canadian friends. I guess I called them. They all went to camp. They all went to fancy camps, Muskoka, and it was just my dream. I was like that, and like bug juice kind of validated it. I was like, this is the dream life. I'm at home with my mom and my sister. This is and my dad. Like this is the worst. But anyways, I'm with you. We should do a part two. 
Yeah, absolutely. So for the purpose of today's discussion, we're going to talk about MTV's iconic series, uh, Pimp My Ride. And more specifically, we're going to discuss the very first episode that aired in 2004. And the episode is titled Wyatt's Daihatsu Hijet. <laughs> now, I had never heard of the make and model of this Zero. vehicle. Zero. So, so that was really exciting for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I, what I want to say, just in general, before we get into it, and just knowing the show, and this became even more evident after watching this first episode and doing a little bit more research, um, there is not a single valid manufacturer warranty in sight on the show. Amazing. And it's funny because as I watch the show as an adult now, Instead of thinking things like I did when I was younger of, oh, that's so cool. I love that interior or I love that electrical equipment or whatever. Now I watch it and I'm thinking things like, who is insuring these vehicles? <laughs> did their premium increase? The resale value must be terrible. Oh, I'm with you. I have questions like, and we'll get through this. But when they start dissecting the car and, and I see the engine is underneath the seat, I'm like, why it? Uh can you have children? Like, are you, <laughs> did you ruin your life forever? I'm so like, I'm, I'm actually concerned. So I'm with you. Oh, I know. I know. And we're going to, we're going to get to Wyatt in a bit. And <laughs> I mean, not to get ahead of myself, but it is clear that Wyatt has never missed the opportunity to make the wrong decision. And oh. that, oh. that just becomes even more clear <laughs> as we move through it. So, uh, in general, though, let's talk a bit about the series, a bit of background. I think we've got some younger folks on here who may not be as familiar with it, but there's also a ton of other stuff that I found in my research that was like mind blowing. <laughs> so uh, if you're not familiar with it, Pit My Ride is an American television series produced by MTV, hosted by Rapper Exhibit, and it ran on MTV for six seasons from 2004 uh, through to 2007. So to put it simply, each episode essentially consists of taking a car that's in poor condition and restoring it and customizing it. Now, the rest restoration and customization were done by West Coast Customs for the first four seasons and then Galpin Autosports for seasons five and six. Now, what I thought was so interesting, I didn't actually know this, the show actually had several different international adaptations, including Pimp My Ride UK, uh, and then creatively titled Pimp My Ride International in Central Europe. <laughs> and then had other adaptations in like Brazil, Indonesia, and different Baltic countries. And funny enough, it also spawned imitators. So this included a series called Trick My Truck oh. uh, that aired exclusively on country music television, I believe in the U.S. Oh, now, uh, I, know, uh, I know you may have seen this in the notes that I had sent through, but I want to talk about some of the interesting pieces and really get your POV on this. So there are some accusations of fakery. And I, I did not know this. I thought everything was perfect happening in real time, cars very quickly being customized and put together. That was not the case. So various participants have actually come forward through a series of Reddit AMAs. And there was even like a Vice interview that was done. Oh my God. And they have stated that elements of the show were faked. Uh, this included cars getting their paint removed 
and additional litter and garbage being put in the vehicle before taping to make their starting condition look way worse. Uh, cars were getting outfitted with elements that were removed right after taping. So there was an episode that had a robotic arm that was installed and then that was, you know, quickly taken out. And I don't know what they do with it. That might be the Canada arm that's floating around in space, TBD. Um, and some contestants were actually even coached to act more enthusiastically than they would normally act after when they do the final reveal. Um, some participants even said that the overhaul process implied, obviously in the show, it looked like it happened in like two or three days, but that whole customization process took like six to eight months, which was super surprising. So did you get any sense of that at all while watching it, especially the first episode? Michael, I fall for, I fall for everything. If you, for those who are new, I like when the hills appeared and they revealed that they were fake. I I am one of those people who will fight, and I'm like, no, this is you know the drama is real. This kid is genuinely surprised, and he lives at this. I felt for all, all of it. Like reading this, I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, I get it. This makes sense. It's a television show, but no, I had zero sense, and I was immersed in this entire world. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I, I kind of like living in that world. You know, it was 2004. Things were good. I'm happy to watch this and pretend that this is real. I love that. I love that attitude. Of, I, I'm okay with it. It is. Right? It is what it is. I'm going to suspend all disbelief. It's fine. It's fine. Um, okay. So the one thing that I thought was the craziest, and maybe I'm, I might be the only one who thinks this is the craziest, but um, there was actually an article on HuffPost uh, that was published about the fakery and nonsense. And um, it's, it claimed that at the beginning of the segment, so you, it, for anyone who's seen the show, you remember that uh, Exhibit shows up at the contestant's house and he surprises him and then they just continue from there. So what we didn't know is that these houses were often not actually the contestants' houses. Instead, each house was rented by MTV and contestants were told to wait in the house and that at the door would either be someone holding something like a $100 gift certificate, I assume to like HMV or something of course, at the time, of course. or it would be exhibit. So the surprise of seeing Exhibit at the door was real, but in this insane world, they weren't even at their actual house. This is so weird. And so, like, is this a privacy thing? Like, are we just thinking a little bit forward with security issues? I think it was a privacy thing. I think it was a little bit of a production efficiency as well. If the house was being rented to be used for something else. Um, and it also just removes any complexities around having to sign clearances to use the house um, having to go into the house and remove any and all logos. And uh, right. at that time, reality TV was still new, right? So yeah. it was still a case-by-case -case basis, a gray area of, you know, if you get this really great shot of the kid answering the door and exhibits there, and all of a sudden the kid's brother walks by and is wearing a Nike shirt. <laughs> I don't even know if they had the technology to blur that out at the time. <laughs> Do you think there's like B-roll out there of all the people not winning and getting just $100 gift cards? I hope so. I hope I, that is I, in I, some I to vault. Watch. Yeah, I, I pay to watch. I put that put that behind a paywall because I would pay to watch. <laughs> I'm here for that. 
Okay, so let's uh, let's jump in here. So right off the top, we're introduced to the series host exhibit. And if you're not familiar with his body of work, he's an American <laughs> rapper, actor, songwriter, television host, and radio personality. And funny enough, Pimp My Ride was actually one of his first television series and really parlayed his career into acting. So we actually later got to see him make uh, huge appearances in things like CSI Miami. Uh, he was also in Triple X, State of the Union with rapper Ice Cube. So that was a pretty big film. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, he actually voiced an animated character in Hoodwinked alongside Anne Hathaway and Glenn Close. So, what? I mean, you want to talk about range? That is range. That is A-class right there. I had no idea. And because you're saying this, now it makes sense. Because I think, and again, we'll talk about this, Exhibit is acting throughout this whole thing. I mean, he is doing phenomenal work and it, it only makes sense that he is part of, you know, these <laughs> bodies of work later on in his career. And I don't know how you feel about Michael and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this. I, I kind of, I'm kind of obsessed with Exhibit. Like, I think he is the one that makes the show. Let's talk about what was on your iPod at this time because I feel like I already know. <laughs> I, okay, so 2004, oh man, I, so I had a pink iPod mini, um, it was super exclusive, I think it held 200 songs, um, oh my gosh, 2004, I didn't discriminate, I actually, you know what, I think Exhibit was on my Napster, um, in university I had a Getting Ready pl uh, play mix, and I, I'm pretty sure X, which is I think the only song that I know, and I'm not sure if you know any others, was on there. Um, JLo, Britney, any other type of popular song. I think I, I yeah, I had some Nas songs on there. <laughs> what about you? Oh, uh, so I, I love that. And I actually completely forgot about the getting ready playlist. I feel like COVID <laughs> has just like, I've never really had to get ready over the You're past 18 months. I, I, no, no, I, I've been in like an elastic waist pant for the last 18 months <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. Ugh. I feel you. I'm wearing like a sort of like a really sad U of T gym short right now. I didn't even go to U of T, but they fit, doesn't matter. So. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, so to, to get back to exhibit uh, today, what is he up to? He resides in Los Angeles, where he's actually a prominent voice for criminal justice reform. So again, talk about range. <laughs> From Pit My Ride through to being a voice for criminal justice reform in the U.S. Absolutely incredible. And goes back to what you're saying as well. Like in, in the series here, he is portraying a version of himself. He is acting. Um, it. And, and, you know, print cut Emmy. Incredible. Ah, amazing. I actually looked up his, one of his latest tweets just to kind of see, is he active? I don't, did, you, did you do this as well? No, because I was very busy trying to find Wyatt on Facebook. Oh, so I didn't Wyatt. actually go that deep on the exhibit side. Okay, no, fair enough. I'll, I'll just like the last tweet I think he had or one of the last ones he wrote, another dope day fishing, clear the mind, feed the spirit. And for whatever reason, that just really makes sense to me. Like I just, I it doesn't matter. No, right? <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. This guy, but he's definitely active and he's doing things. So glad to hear he's doing well.
For sure. So as we move along here, we're introduced to 18-year-old Wyatt, who's just moved to sunny Los Angeles, California. So Wyatt's your typical 18-year-old. He can't find a job. He loves music. He's what, at the time, we would have called a rocker. And and when we're introduced to Wyatt, he's wearing a graphic t-shirt, I'm assuming from Boathouse or West 49 nice. or the or the U.S. equivalent. I don't even know if those stores were in the U.S. at the time, <laughs> uh, but I assume it was from one of those those stores or it was thrifted. And the shirt read, my other shirt is a Trans Am. So it's safe for us to assume he's he's a car lover. Uh, but overall, Wyatt's main identifier is his love of music. He plays the guitar. He wants to start a band. And this main identifier plays a key role in the entire strategy against which his ride is pimped. This guy, I mean, I, I tell you, like he, I've never seen so much hope in this little kid's eyes. He, he's just moved to this new city. He's got, you know, a future ahead of him. He wants to be part of a band. The outfit he was wearing was questionable, in my opinion, but I think he was wearing a double t-shirt. I, and I, th- I want to say that was cool. Oh, there was a double T-shirt, yeah. And I, and, and I don't know. And Kevin, I see you're on this this uh, space. I feel like you were a double or a triple colored shirt kind of guy. I feel like we've had this conversation. But anyways, it reminded me that that look is to stay in 2004. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the music piece, key. Oh, absolutely. And, and you see that in every episode, right? They pick the identifier. They deliver against the identifier. And we're going to see that as we uh, we continue to walk through here. So after we meet Wyatt, we then meet his vehicle. And as I mentioned off the top, it is a 1988 Daihatsu Hijet. And, and as I said, I, I've, I've never seen this vehicle before. No, I've no. never heard of this manufacturer before. Uh, and according to Google, it is a Japanese microvan from the, the 1960s. So <laughs> let me tell you, this vehicle is being held together by duct tape and Jesus because there are no <laughs> shortage of things wrong with this thing. This is the van, honestly, Michael, that your parents, your mom and my mom would have been warning us against. Like, I don't know if your mom was like this, but she's like, when you see the vans and if they slow down, you start to walk away, you run, you run home. Like this is the <laughs> van that I picture in my mind that I avoided my entire life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. While waiting for your ride outside Wonderland. hundred percent. I had a season's pass. Okay, yeah. That's a different. That's so a different uh, so let, let's talk about the list of things that are wrong with the, with the vehicle. Okay, so okay. first first and foremost, most of the doors are held together by duct tape. Uh, kudos um, to duct tape also. Can we just kudos, give, like acknowledge? Brand sponsor. Like <laughs> ubiquitous brand sponsor. Hashtag um, because duct tape. The hinges were also held together by duct tape and a little bit of goodwill. Oh. Um, I, I, I didn't think they were going to make it through the filming of this. No. Now, what, what I thought was really interesting was that Wyatt actually installed golf cart tires uh, on the vehicle, which only go a maximum of 45 miles an hour. But then like two frames later, he's saying that the car maxes out at like 60 miles an hour. So there seems to be a a variable there, or I believe it's called a delta, uh, upon which he's (laughs) risking his life, which I thought was was really interesting. Uh, But one of my favorite parts, and I'm curious to get your POV on this, one of the doors is actually just a piece of sheet metal with a drawing of a window on it. My favorite. My favorite. This is, okay, so please watch this this part of of the show. Wyatt, our friend here, put some type of sheet metal. I, I don't know how, like he just duct taped it on and then he drew in, in Sharpie a faux window. 
And part of me was just like, oh, Wyatt, oh, my friend, does that, that doesn't make it better. Like, are you, are you trying to fool the people on the road? I, I, I don't really know. But again, my. And he didn't even commit. He didn't even commit to the bit, though. Like, it was yeah. just it was just a drawing of a square. Like, yeah, I would have gone 150 percent and drawn some people, yes. maybe a dog, a cat. Yes. Something like those little annoying things that you see, those little family portraits, something like the kid, like he really didn't do a great job. Um, again, m my focus here was the safety. Like I am legitimately concerned for this man. He is driving on highways to who knows where with things being duct taped, like the people around you, you're putting at risk. Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox there, but my <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think one of my favorite quotes, because they obviously interview the, his friends who like just absolutely rip him apart. Oh. And one of uh, one of his friends, and this is a direct quote, and I, I just want to get this right. Um, she describes the vehicle as a toaster rolling on donuts, oh. which is actually a perfect visual to give in an audio conversation like 100%. this. 100%. 100%. Like that is, and you know, how strong that is, is probably how strong <laughs> the car is. <laughs> Absolutely. So nonetheless, this vehicle is on its last legs. Yes. So the next stage of, this, of the episode, we are introduced to West Coast Customs. So Exhibit decides he's going to help Wyatt out. He's going to pimp his ride. So Exhibit actually attempts to drive the vehicle to West Coast Customs, which, as I mentioned off the top, provided all the customization work for the series uh, during seasons one and four. So what I love about this part is that we see Exhibit like drive down the street and then they show that from like three different angles, maybe five or six times. But it's clear that he never drives it off the, off the street uh, because it's a hazard. It oh. is a complete hazard. There's not enough money that man was being paid to drive that scary, scary vehicle on a highway. No way. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk a bit about West Coast Customs and, and who works there and what we see when we get there. So before we get into that, um, according to Wikipedia, there's actually two contradictory statements, uh, one in the Los Angeles Times uh, and one by the actual, oh, sorry, one by USA Today. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused by my notes here because there's so much nonsense <laughs> in this paragraph. Oh, the drama. Um, so I'm just going to read it as is. So there's two contradictory statements in the Los Angeles Times. West Coast Customs was founded in either 1994 or 1998 by auto enthusiast Ryan Friedlinghouse. But in a 2008 article, USA Today put the foundation year as 1997, but the company website as of today, uh, the company is said to have been founded in 1993. So it's just clear that it's <laughs> chaos off the top. <laughs> it's just chaos and disorganization off the top. Oh, so, this crew. I like it. So, I like that digging in. Very journalistic of you. Oh, absolutely. Putting that BA to good use. So uh, we so we get to the shop, lots of fancy shots. We get to see some fancy cars who are owned by some fancy people. And then we meet the crew. Oh. So the, the shop is managed by a gentleman whose name is Q. And he seems to be the key decision maker at the shop. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Jimmy who handles paint and body. We've got Ish who oversees the interior department. And we've got Alex, who sits on wheels and tires. And lastly, we've got Mad Mike and Abraham, who manage electrical. And Exhibit seems to be acting as the overall project manager who's responsible for uh, delivering the vehicle within budget and scope <laughs> by the end of the episode. Yeah, he created the work-bath schedule, and these guys are just executing. 
what was your take on the crew? Was there anyone who stood out to you? Oh, interesting. Great question. Um, so first of all, is the do we think the crew is legit? Like, do you think they're actors or do you think they actually work? So I think the crew is legit because I read a lot about how this series like pushed that customization shop to fame. And if you remember, an, uh, I mean, an equally as interesting and terrible sh uh, show called uh, L.A. Inc. Love it. You know, and I've watched it. Yeah. So very similar to that of how like the business sort of becomes an institution and people come there, they take photos, they want to get their car customized there. So I think it was actually them. Uh, I do remember seeing like some random people that they don't introduce who are sort of in the background. So right. they probably selected like a core group that's going to, you know, rise to the top here. I love it. Yeah. So that, I mean, like that probably makes sense. Yeah. The group as a whole, they're, they're pure jokes. Like, and I'm sure ha this happened every episode, right? Like they would pan over to the group. The group would look at the car. They'd go, Oh no. And then it would just be like <laughs> them making fun of it or, you know, rocking it and, and just like mentioning casually that, you know, they work on cars for 50 cent, not necessarily this kind of garbage, but yeah, Wyatt really, from LA. <laughs> exactly. I really like Q. I think he's a really good leader. It seems like a lot of people respect him and he makes the right decision. Although when we get to the actual makeover process, Oh, Michael, I have questions. Like I, <laughs> yeah, there were some and, decisions and, there that I'm like, excuse me, what? <laughs> and, and, and we're going to get there. And it's clear that the brief for them was destroy this vehicle and make it as insane and ridiculous as you can. Because you have to remember, this is a pilot episode as well. This is yes. episode one, season one. So they're setting the bar. Not only do they set the bar high, they consistently push the bar higher every episode, <laughs> every week. So, so um, when the cruise, so the crew's introduced to Wyatt's microvan, and they immediately start ripping it apart, like pulling out the seats, pulling out the trim from the windows. At one point, they almost push the vehicle over, which, <laughs> and they almost do it, which like shocks me how light that is. And it, yeah. it goes back to the beginning where Don't Wyatt's ask. driving it on the highway. It just blows, right. blows my mind. If um, I was his mom, I would be <laughs> terrified. Con so concerned. So <laughs> concerned. Uh, but what I love about this portion of the episode is that it really is a creative brainstorm around how they can essentially take the inside of a recording studio and jam it into a vehicle <laughs> the size of a BlackBerry. Why do we do this? Why? Why? <laughs> so, and it's funny. So I would love to get your thoughts on just some of the customizations they recommend making oh. uh, because the team, they're discussing things like why, why wouldn't we put a 20 inch television screen in the back? And we probably don't need to include seatbelts. Oh my uh, God. I don't, and, and actually, I don't want to jump ahead, but I don't think there was like a single seatbelt installed in that vehicle. I think okay. there was like nine ashtrays and no seatbelts. <laughs> no seatbelts, but oh, all those sort of like in-flight um, cues and visuals. Oh, those are my favorite. Yeah. Why? Okay. So here's where I, I am concerned. There are so many distractions in this car and Wyatt, honestly, you look like a good kid. I don't trust you as a driver. You're a child. You are kind of roaming aimlessly. And the fact that you have like seven televisions and a giant stereo and a good, like just, it's too much. So, and here's where I kind of drew the line. Like as soon as I heard this, where one of the, I can't remember which uh, crew member said, he's like, you know, we're going to do everything suede except the floor, which has to be carpet. Michael, talk to me. 18 year olds are not, they're not clean. No. And, and I, you know, I hate to jump to a place of negativity, but 
I think that Wyatt is not a stranger to driving high. So yeah, I right. think right off the top, this is a dangerous vehicle for him for him to be driving. And in fact, the customized version may be even more dangerous for him to drive than the, worst. the, than, than the donut version that he's driving. Um, he's driving right now. The carpeting on the floor, I, I just feel like they could have put just plastic. It could have been rubber. They could have put floor mats over it. I just don't think that Wyatt is in a place in his no. life I'm where not in he's place. gonna have no where, where he's gonna have central vac installed <laughs> in his garage and be able to bring the hose over to the car to clean the carpet uh, honestly I, I have not installed carpets in my home because I as a 39 year old person do not trust myself let alone this child driving his buddies around it's it to me I'm like oh this was a miss this well, was a and mess. so and and suede as well. I don't oh, know if suede. you've ever gotten literally anything on suede. Oh, water uh, destroys water. it right away. Exactly. So <laughs> the, that that was a bad call from the beginning. And oh. you know, as we as we talk this through and as we we rip it apart and explore it more, I am starting to see some of the fakery come through, yeah. and just some of the you know, it it, it is possible that it, it this is more performative than functional. <laughs> The color choice, the flames, they, they they made it seem like this was, you know, getting a massive improvement. And honestly, it's just it's just drawing more attention to something that I'm just I don't know. I'm not convinced. But you know what? It's for the show. I still watched it. I was still there for it. It just you, you have to suspend disbelief. You have 100%. to suspend all disbelief and just be there and be there for Wyatt. Um, so. <laughs> It's funny because as they continue to to just rip the car apart and destroy it, it becomes even more clear that there's actually very little being taken from the original vehicle <laughs> and being used in the new final product. Zero. Like this is being stripped. And did you notice that they said that I think at one point they put $20,000 into this? Yeah, I did. I did. And I remember at that time thinking like, that's a ton of money to put into a vehicle. Whereas this time, I feel like I, I didn't even, I feel like people spend that on tires. Alone. <laughs> so true. Also, can we just talk? I mean, we're probably going to get to the conflict, but as a non-car person, I, I, I have a lot of questions around rims and their functionality. And maybe this is because I'm not a cool car person, but what's the deal? Like why? What happened? I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's performative. It's I think the, the, rim, the rims are, are just for show. I think they're a status symbol. Uh, I think they're a symbol of masculinity, maybe. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Oh. I did have some cool gunmetal gray rims on my older vehicle. Wow. Um, I don't have that vehicle anymore, but I did have that. And there is, there is something that comes with it. You, you want to customize your vehicle. And I think after you purchase a vehicle there's only so many opportunities to customize the exterior. Like you uh -huh. don't really want to, if you buy the car, you don't really want to go paint it. It brings the value down. So, you know, doing something on the rims does customize it a bit. Interesting. So it's like putting it on earrings. It does make it a little bit more you. <laughs> it is a hundred percent like putting on earrings. Okay. A hundred percent. Most okay, people great. say shoes, uh, but it is, <laughs> it is like putting on earrings. Okay. I, uh, I, I, I would say that. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So um, let's dive right into the conflict that we see in this episode, because like any good reality television show, uh, we've got to see the series protagonist face with just something absolutely unimaginable. And <laughs> in this particular episode, there's two main conflicts. So the first one, which I was so surprised to see, uh, the existing battery for the vehicle, which actually looks like 
something that you would charge a vape pen with. Um, it actually can't handle all the required power for the electrical upgrades being yes. made. So the Q and team are like huddled around this tiny battery freaking out. And lo and behold, the solution, bigger battery, nice. bigger battery and move the location of the battery. But nice. the second conflict was actually my most favorite. So we've been talking a lot about wheels and rims. Um, these 17 inch wheels that they were trying to get onto the micro van were actually too big for the existing body frame. And we got to see a few seconds of them driving the frame with the wheels on there and just it's grinding it's it's <laughs> grinding it down it's not safe it's pulling it out um and, and keep in mind at this this time as well or at this point in the episode they're really only keeping the shell of the vehicle everything <laughs> else has been completely removed uh so at this point they actually shave out of the frame more space for the wheels is this okay um, like is this a thing like again as a non-car person i'm just looking at this going okay you're gonna just shave some of the car to accommodate these earrings yeah, no I don't, know. I, I, I don't think it's okay and like i said off the top there is not a valid warranty insight on this show got it and okay. and, and that, that is that's not going to be insured but what i loved about the conflict though is that from the introduction of the conflict to the resolution of the conflict which was about 40 seconds. Um, <laughs> it, it was done as quickly as it started. So they got the bigger battery. They shaved out the space for the wheels. That's it. Conflict over. Moving Perfect. on to the big reveal. Love it. So um, let's 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 talk about the big reveal. So what were some of? And I've actually got a list of some of the crazy stuff that they they put in here. But um, before we get into that, I just want to know. What were some of your favorite highlights? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, I mean, I listen, this thing is not cute. Like this is a, I like blue. This was not a nice blue. It had these aggressive flames on the, on the side that made me just kind of go, oh no. Like, ugh, I like, I mean, listen, the, the, it's perfect for Wyatt. If you saw that on the street, you would be like scared or. Oh yeah. Like if that. this vehicle is pulling up beside you, you're locking your doors and you're making sure the windows are shut and you're looking the other way. 1000%. Like I am walking fast. Like I am now like, you know, fast walking away. So the things that I liked a lot about what they did add. <laughs> okay. The duct tape is gone. Thank God. Hallelujah. This thing will now in theory stay intact. Um, I, I do love, cause this was again, all my older folks on the call here. There were six DVDs that you could listen to. And you all remember when you had uh, one of those sort of um, stereos that could house six uh, or I guess DVDs or CDs. Like that was a big, big deal. And so they had some MP3 players in the dash. Um, the airplane signs to me, listen, it, it's a bigger van, but it's not that big. Like what's happening here that we need to, you know. I just don't know why you wouldn't be able. So just for, for the listeners we've got here in the vehicle, they actually installed, a, if anyone remembers flying in a plane, um, they oh. have those lights that indicate that you can no longer smoke in the plane and the pilot will indicate to the passengers, it's time to put the seatbelt on. So those are actually installed in, in the vehicle here. Um, but you, you know, you're about half a meter away from the driver. So I just feel like as long as it takes for Wyatt to push a button to signal those, he could also just mention it out loud. And what's funny is at being a passenger in the vehicle, it, you're almost in the driver's seat. So you, you kind of know what's going on and, and what's happening around you. Okay. And the last thing, and, I, and then I want to hear your list, Michael, they kept throwing to this like and then you've got a fridge. And it was honestly like a built-in mini cooler. And all that was in there was an apple and orange and a little half like water bottle. 
Did, did Can we, we talk that... about how the mini fridge is the same size as what we now today know as the skincare fridge? Yeah, like that is not that. Come on, that it, I was like, stop drawing our attention there. That is embarrassing. It, it was. It was. And uh, okay, so some some of my key highlights: the large metallic wing that lived on oh, the no. back top of the truck. Um, so I mean, we've already discussed in length that this vehicle is at risk of taking flight on a highway. <laughs> so now we're installing a wing to help with that. Oh, uh, I know. I know. We mentioned the DVD changer and CD changer. So I know we, we mentioned this a bit earlier. There was the 10, uh, 20 inch monitors plus two 10 inch monitors. So those folks in the back can watch. At this time, I assume there you there there was no internet or cable or anything. So they're no. watching DVDs and um, <laughs> it, portability was so important at this time. So being able to have six DVDs available oh, at once. Ready to go. And and I'm gonna call this. I'm gonna call this out. All those DVDs were American Pie. All six of them were 100%. American Pie, yeah. for sure, for sure. Now, what I loved and felt the most nostalgic about was the built-in MP3 player yes. in the vehicle. Now, yes. what was unclear was how you were able to get music off of, <laughs> sorry, illegally downloaded music off of your computer and onto that MP3 player. <laughs> but nonetheless, it was still there. And what I thought, and we know we talked about this at the beginning, how Wyatt's main identifier is music. They actually had a second MP3 player that he could take with him on the go. Uh, I don't know. think he was able to charge it in the vehicle and it does not connect to the vehicle, but it is there for him as an extra, I guess, uh, I, to take music with him on, on the go. This is, this is 2004 in a nutshell. I like, didn't this just kind of like, I, I feel like I had my iPod mini for a few years and then it just became irrelevant. Totally. <laughs> totally. Now, the one thing we didn't mention, which uh -oh. I wish I had a visual of, and maybe we'll share this in a Twitter moment after the fact, but in the back seat, they actually had a like wrap around couch, Gross. something you would see at a nightclub. Um, something that looked like it was probably from a nightclub that had either like gone bankrupt or something and they Yikes. were able to take it and install it in the vehicle. I, what I didn't see was a seatbelt. I didn't no. see a single seatbelt. Uh, but there was a lot of room to sit in the back, relax, watch a film, um, pull. Uh, Exhibit actually makes a joke about drinking while driving and we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to unpack that. Uh, but that was, that, that was something that was said. Um, uh, it was also unclear if the fridge was plugged into anything. They no. had like uh, a can cooler. in there. It, it was it was a cooler. It was a cooler. You had to bring your own like two or three cubes of ice or one it. of those like ice packs from Costco or something. hundred percent. And that's it. This is it was. You know what? Again, here's where I'm like, why are we doing this, everybody? There's a left seat in the back of this non-safe van. It has no seat belts. Everything is suede, so it's already automatically dirty. It just, I mean, I, I wish there was something where I could look back and go like, what, where are those vehicles today? They, they are not, so, they are not around. Ex exactly. And the one thing that we didn't talk about that they talked about so much, but, what? and the reason why we didn't talk about it is because it, it doesn't even matter anymore. And it's kind of already built into cars was it? when they placed the cameras in the front of the vehicle to see the road in front of you and yeah, then connected that? the cameras to the TV. So that the people in the back who are less than a meter away from the driver's seat can see what's happening in front of the vehicle. Is this what people want? Like, do we, I mean, like, I don't remember ever a time in the back seat going, you know what? 
I, I feel really I would love to see what's happening in the front. 100%. <laughs> like, what is, I feel like I'm in a different world back here. Like, if I could just get a live stream into the, into the road, my life would be better. Absolutely. So, um, we then move to what I, I call the even bigger surprise. And this is something that's consistent through each episode. So in every episode, very similar to Tim Cook at an Apple keynote, Exhibit has one more surprise to share with the group. So since Wyatt is, he's a rocker, he loves music, he's starting a band, Exhibit surprises him with a new guitar and an amp that they don't really talk about this. I'm not sure if it can be plugged into the vehicle, um, but it can be used adjacent to the vehicle if you have an extension cord and could plug it in somewhere else. Uh, uh, but why it was super happy about that. So talk about like end to end experience. Oh my God. Uh, this kid, this kid, I have not, I thought his mind was going to be blown. Like he was salivating. Like he was, he was also, he was wearing this darling little plaid sort of button up. That was again, very 2004. Um, he I was so genuinely happy for him. I, mean, I, too, I felt, I, I felt something. Yes. Like picture being 18. Like you are a child. Somebody has just gifted you this vehicle that is, I mean, supposed to be safe, but so much better. And then a guitar. To, so he can be part of his, oh my gosh, Michael, you know what we haven't talked about? <laughs> the kid. This because he wants to be part of a band, which I think is yeah. really, you know, good for you. He was saying that he was having a lot of trouble finding work because of this van. And, and and now he won't have trouble. And part of me wants to go, Wyatt, this van is going to cause more trouble for you in anything that you're thinking about in terms of like employment. But whatever, oh, yeah. you know what, if you want to rock out on the side of the road or maybe your driveway, you want to play at your, you know, at a barbecue for your family, like go forth. Oh, exactly. And the, the guitar as well. Like he did talk about not yes. being able to get a job and, and just the guitar, like talk about teach a man to fish. Like I... he is, this is going to be the beginning of his band, which is going to be the beginning of getting a manager, setting up a MySpace page oh. um, and just, you know, trying to scale from there. And, and at that time uh, when you, we didn't have social media other than MySpace. So it was very, it, it was difficult to become famous. It's, it's not like today, which is like an entirely other space that we can, uh, we can talk about. Um, so as the episode wraps up, and again, this is consistent across each episode, we get the big reveal to family and friends. Ooh. So you may remember we mentioned at the beginning, they interview his family and friends and they just destroy him about this vehicle. <laughs> it is to them. He is synonymous with this vehicle. The vehicle is trash. They think he is trash. And <laughs> now this entire experience has changed their perception of him and they cannot believe it. And again, I've got another direct quote here from his friend, Sarah, who seems like a problematic person on her own. Uh, but this was, this is a direct quote. Before, it was a huge joke. And now, it's like the awesomest car in the world. I mean. Talk about validation. Put that on a t-shirt. I, I, like, I, it looked like he was about to lose all his friends, and this car brought them back. It, like I said, teach a man to fish. Teach a man to fish. Did you notice on one of the video clips that they had, they were showing this beautiful car, and they were showing a plane right beside it to compare and contrast how this is very much like a jet exactly it's it's the lifestyle they're they're pushing they're pushing they're pushing the lifestyle <laughs> and and actually in and to go back to that at west coast customs 
Um, they even show off that they're working on like a one million dollar one million dollar Ferrari Enzo. They've got a custom built Hummer for fifty cents. They've oh. got cars for ludicrous, and then they're like juxtaposing this against <laughs> what was described as a donut with wheels. I believe oh. that's what it was. Oh, it was perfect. Honestly, like the, the kid is a great first pick for the first episode ever. I don't think I've ever seen anybody more genuinely happy um, to receive anything. And I don't think I've ever been more happy for someone else. Like that, <laughs> that to me, that to me was one of the major, like I had an emotional, emotional reaction. For to sure. This. I was like, yes, kid, you're 18. You can do this. Go be your <laughs> true self. Maybe he's a famous rocker now and we have no idea. So I did try and do some research to find Wyatt. Uh, I went deep into Reddit, which is where I found all of the controversy around Classic. West Coast customs. I was, I, all I needed was a first name. <laughs> and the first initial of the last name. And I can find this person. Right. I, I was, it was so hard for me to find anything. I was using like Boolean search terms on oh. Google and in wow. Facebook. Um, I, I couldn't find it. I was hoping to find Wyatt. And, and, and actually, if I was going to be able to find him, I was going to reach out to ask if he would come on to this oh. and if, if he'd answer a few questions and either confirm or deny the fakery that uh, the franchise was being accused of. Oh, my God, Michael, what a like reunion. I feel like that's that's what this needs. I need to hear from him. Exactly. And I feel like for him, like twenty five dollars is twenty five dollars, regardless oh. of where it's coming from. Yeah. No big deal, right? Exactly. So um, we are then done with the episode after that. We've got a bit of a surprise or a recap of what's coming in the following week, uh, which is exciting. So I- I'm going to keep watching the series. I don't, I don't know about you. It brought back a, a level of nostalgia. And like I mentioned off the top, at that time, we were watching television with commercials. We are now watching this without commercials. Yes. And it's a whole, like, it's it's keeping my attention going. A hundred percent. And I said it at the beginning, Exhibit is masterful. Like, he is so good in this, and I want to be his friend. And he, like, just plays into this character or whoever he is. And he just, you could tell he actually enjoys this tomorrow I'm telling people that exhibit performed at your wedding just so oh, you know that I'll is the lie and rumor I'm spreading tomorrow 100% serenade my first dance amazing amazing so before <laughs> uh before we wrap up today because I feel like we've been talking for a while now um is there anyone on the call that wants to either ask a question or give any commentary or talk about uh pin my ride or any other thoughts on the series and there's no pressure this is the first time uh Monica and I are doing this the first time <laughs> I've done this so the the bar the bar was so low oh. uh, and I've exceeded my own expectations on this totally. so um before before we wrap, any uh, any thoughts from the crowd? No pressure. Oh wait, we got it. We got a request. We've got a request from Ivan Pehar. So yes. Ivan would love to hear your thoughts on this. Ivan, can you hear us? Oh wait. I think Ivan has. How are yes. You? There he is. Ivan, how's it going? It's so good to hear from you. You're live. Uh, so I've got a question. So first of all, thank you for allowing me to get on the virtual stage. And I have a question here. So Monica, yes. if you were to make a sequel or you were to make like a spinoff off of this show, um, and this is all in the spirit of the Friends reunion and all that stuff happening. So like if you were to create a spinoff from Pimp My Ride, what oh. would it be? 
Oh my gosh. Can I, can I jump in and say what I think it's going to be before she says it? Yeah. 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 So buy, buy, good, good job, Mike, buy some time for her. So let me, let's hear from you. I'm just being a good co-host because the first thing that came to mind here, and I hope that this is what you were thinking is pimp my husband, because Monica, <laughs> I know you've been married for a little while and I, I believe you've recently <laughs> celebrated an anniversary. I could be making that up. There's lots of people who are doing that now. Um, but that was the first thing that came to mind. That. Okay, Michael. So that is not where my mind was going, just to be clear. And not to say that I don't think that's dead on. I was thinking more in the housing, sort of like pit my house, pit my coffee. You know, like for most of you who know me, like these are the simple pleasures of my life. But the idea of pimping my husband, I kind of like it. Uh, incredible, because the other options you gave were all like super adult, like pimp my investment portfolio. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come out next. Somebody, can somebody please pimp my RSP? Because that that's something that I'll need some help with. Amazing. We've got a lead Great for question. RBC. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Ivan, does that, uh, does that answer your question? Any other questions for, uh, for the group or any final thoughts before we wrap? Just one last question. When is the next episode? So when is the I, next follow-up to this conversation? So Monica and I are going to have to have a sync afterwards to just talk about some of the KPIs and how, you know, if, if this worked or not, if it's something we'd love to continue. Uh, I, would, I would love to continue. It was actually really fun to take a break from work and watch something that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, what I, I'm thinking of is maybe we'll issue a Twitter poll and have the community and have the people vote on what we watch next. Yes. Is that something you'd, uh, you'd buy into? I'd love, I, I can't wait for the next episode. I'm going to block it off okay. of my calendar. Awesome. We've got a lot of 100 emojis being, uh, being shown by the group. So I love it. And again, we don't discriminate on reality. You, you know, we watch, <laughs> we watch. Exactly. It <laughs> um, so we've actually got one more request to speak from yes. someone named Kevin De La Salas, who oh. looks very familiar. Kevin, what do you have to say? One sec. It's, uh, it's connecting. Kevin, are you there? Kevin, you're on mute. Oh, it's just like work. <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Kevin, you're you're live. How's it going? This is awesome. Thank you. Sorry, uh, this is my first time using Twitter. I'm, I'm just, you know, <laughs> trying to navigate. Um, fantastic space, guys. This was uh, hilarious. Um, as a super uh, exhibit fan, I just want to say that, uh, put some respect on the man's name, please. Um, highly recommend to check out my favorite song, pa Paparazzi, which came out in 96. Still, oh. one of my, still one of my favorite rap songs of all time. Um, my question for y'all, just to rip off of what Ivan's question was, 2022, there's a Pimp My Ride reboot. Who is hosting it? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough, that is a tough question. And I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is someone from TikTok, uh, <laughs> but I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to go down there. So Monica, I guess in, in your perfect world, who, uh, oh, who would my be goodness. hosting it? Like part of me. So here's the thing. Exhibit, this is why I think Exhibit is so amazing because he's a little bit rough around the edges. He's, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, scared of him, but at the same time, I also want to be his best friend and like hang out and like, grab some, you know, Diet Coke, some Peru's around the city. Um, who is like that? Like, who is comparable? I thought you were going to say the guy from Bridgerton or something. Oh, Jean? Is that his name? Yeah. 
you know, actually, oh man, you know, I don't know why I thought of this, and this is a dumb answer, but I've been watching a lot of John Stamos lately. He's in a great show called Big Shot on Disney. Um, I could see that. I could see that actually. I could see that working really, really well. Right? He's of just funny. with an older, older demo, get this on like Discovery or something. Yes. Wherever, wherever the Guy Fieri stuff lives, I feel yes. like that's that's where that would need to be. I would watch all of it. He uh, he still has it in every capacity. So yeah, I'm gonna vote for him. Kevin, to put the question back on you, do you have someone who you could see hosting? In 2022? Um, I would say it would have to be like a C-list, C-list rapper. I think we would have to, it would have to be, you know, an homage to the original. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's still on MTV. It's got to still be like an MTV style thing. You know what? I, I would actually say bring back Exhibit just to, you know, make it go full circle. Wow. What about Exhibit and Friends? So, like, every episode is Exhibit and one yes. of his famous friends? Yes. I think there's a, a Stone Cold Steve Austin show like that where he, like, helps people overcome their fears or something. But it's all, like, his famous <laughs> celebrity friends. I'm not even making that up. And oh. if I am making that up, that is my concept. I hope I don't see that pop up anywhere else. <laughs> Yes, I'm into it. Like, if he wants to bring Diddy on for an episode, maybe he brings on Cardi B, Drake, I don't know, anyone. Jennifer Hudson. Like, there's so much. There's so many. I thought you were going to say Jennifer Love Hewitt, and then I was also going to be like, yeah, okay. I could see that, too. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or actually, to take this one step further, and I think we should call it to end on a high note here, um, to take this one step further, he pimps out his celebrity friend's cars. Yes. So, pimp my ride celebrity. Edition. Amazing. Sold. I want to buy the sponsorship. 2022. Post-COVID world. Pimp my rise celebrity. Hey, guys. I know you guys are wrapping up, but anything planned for Kardashians and how that's going to wrap up? I know know there's a huge fan on this call as well, and I don't want to call her out, but just wondering if you're planning anything around that. Wow. Michael, do you watch? I, I watch on and off. I try. I tried for. I like the beginning. It just for me with reality television in general. When it started to become too produced, it just it changed. It, lost. it just changed. It, it it lost me. I mean, there are a ton of good moments on Kardashians, though. They're def- definitely a force. I feel like Ivan one. That's a, a great suggestion, and Monica too. Something we should definitely bundle into this as uh, just even a general overall analysis. Although the first episode is is quite ridiculous as well. Oh, well, let's put a part of the poll. You know, if that's what the people want. I'm, you know, I watch it. It's more of a background reality. I'm I'm usually on my phone, but I definitely still keep up to date. And that's the kind of reality TV you want, right? Where the second screen experience is not limited to just commercial time. Like it's, it's throughout the entire, the entire episode. How I feel about Jersey. Those guys are back in my life. I don't know if anyone else is watching, but they have a new season. Honestly, I feel like they're part of my family, but I don't even look up at the TV at this point. I do think, though, that going back to the very first episode and very first season of Real Housewives of New Jersey is somewhere that we should go. Um, Only because if anyone has ever seen the franchise or heard of the franchise, the Housewives franchise at all, it is a different game when everyone is related to each other. So if everyone (laughs) just thinks about their individual families... And just some of the conflict and trauma and drama that comes out of that. Now put 
alcohol in the mix and live cameras into it i want to talk about caroline i want to talk about dina Teresa. those people they don't even talk anymore (laughs) exactly exactly amazing so um i feel like we should we should wrap it up this was totally fun would love everyone and anyone's feedback on how we can make these better and if we should uh we should do it again but thank you all for dedicating what i believe was like exactly almost an hour Uh, to to do this so thanks everyone thank you everyone talk to you all soon and thank you monica for being such a great co-host oh my gosh thank you for inviting me this is great (laughs) awesome thanks guys have a good night talk to you soon bye